Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. shared a need with you last week. One of our families lost their home in a fire. And uh, just last week, uh, you guys responded. And I think we're somewhere around $2,700 uh, in response. And I just want you to be thankful for that. <coughs> you say, well, that, that's not that big a deal. Yeah, until you need it. And then you realize it's really important to be a part of a family that will respond to your need. Uh, and so we are so thankful for that. I also want to brag on our uh, fifth grade passion sports team. I'm trying not to jinx them, and so I haven't told you this. Uh, so I may be messing Charles's and Scott's world up a little bit. But they're undefeated right now. And 5-0 uh, and or 6-0? and 5-0. and uh, So they're doing great. Seventh graders, we went up and, uh, to a different league, and the competition's a little bit stiffer, and we're struggling. So y'all pray for us. Uh, it may be the coaching, Charles. I don't know, because I'm coaching that team. And uh, anyway, so... But it's good to be back with you this morning, and I'll try not to cough all over you, but uh, it's, uh, it's great to be with you. This is going to be an important year for us. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week, but I encourage you strongly to be here next week. If you consider yourself to be a part of passion, you need to be here next week. We're going to talk about uh, some things that God has done and some things that we believe God is going to do, and so we're excited about that. Is there anybody in the room this morning that could um, put yourself in company with me? I I hear voices. Okay, I know y'all think I'm weird already, but, uh, but, but let me explain, let me explain, let me explain. Uh, all, all the days of my life, there are certain voices that continue to play over in my, my mind and in my spirit. Like, uh, one of them's my mom's voice. She's here. She knew I was going to talk about her. Uh, <laughs> I'm already grounded, so uh, grounded for life. But, but I still hear her when, it, when, when I'm in a chair in a public uh, setting and I tend to slouch, I can still hear her say, sit up straight. Uh, and I know y'all's moms never told you that. Uh, another voice that I hear in my head is my dad's because when we would go try on shoes, uh, my dad worked at a shoe store when he was young and so he, he I guess he's a shoe professional now, I don't know, but, but he knew that if you, the only way to check size properly was for you to stand up straight. So he'd always say, stand up straight so I can check your shoe size and get your thumb down there and see where your toe hits on it and all that. And, and if I was trying on slack, stand up straight. And if, and if I was meeting somebody new, stand up straight. I had people in school, coaches say, get your shoulders back and, and straighten up your back and, and now suck in your stomach. They didn't used to have to tell me that, but now but, but, you know, I realize now that as I've been going through life and as, as I'm getting older, that I don't pay as much attention to posture. Uh, I still catch myself uh, sitting and slumping. I, I, I catch myself when I'm standing in, in an open building, I'll catch myself leaning up against the wall. I don't know if I, I'm not trying to be cool, I just don't care about posture anymore. But uh, I was taught that posture is important to your physical well-being and also to how people viewed you. But I've quit thinking about posture to a large degree until I begin to think about this year as we approach the kickoff of this, this new year as we're in it now. Um, I begin to reconsider and possibly think about the fact that posture really is important. And I'm not 
trying to convince you to stand up straight and throw your shoulders back. Uh, <laughs> all those, never mind. And uh, uh, I, I'm not really talking about your physical posture as much as we, as we enter this year to maybe take a moment and consider our spiritual posture. Uh, as, as we walk into this brand new season of life, we need to examine our posture spiritually because the only way to go through a year and to continue to walk in an upright manner is to pause and think a moment about posture. So this morning I want to talk to you about the posture of sin. I want you to turn with me, if you will, in Psalms chapter 1. In Psalms chapter 1, I find it interesting in verses 1 and 2 that David Uh, in fact, does deal with our posture. And he begins to talk about how we position ourselves. And so I want to read this to you, and then we'll talk just a moment about it. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. I, I, I find it really interesting. I, uh, I love to read out of the Message Bible because it says things that we've heard before. Many of you could probably quote this passage of Scripture and have used it before. But when you read it out of the Message Bible, verse 1 is very interesting to me. It says this, How well God must like you, you don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along dead-end road. You don't go to smart-mouth college. I really like that, pa- that last phrase since I now have teenagers in my house. But uh, <clears throat> just an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, in this passage, David is very, pre- in a very precise manner, deals with posture. And what happens is if you read it carefully, what takes place, especially if you read it in reverse... What he's basically doing is he's showing us how to avoid sin by making sure that we don't posture ourselves for sin. Let me, let me, let me go in reverse. In reverse, this is what he says. He says, don't sit in the company of mockers. Don't stand in the way of sinners. And then he ramps things up and he says that we are blessed when we don't walk in step with the wicked. He in fact shows us that there's a posture that leads us to sin and there's a posture that leads us to our promise. In reverse, that's what he's saying. So let's talk about the different postures. The first thing that David said uh, in reverse is don't sit in the company of mockers. David shows us basically that sin doesn't start on the day that you sin. Okay. That, that went over huge. I think I hope you're thinking about it. See, the, I, I know that there are times in life and in relationships where it seems that someone just suddenly wakes up one morning and decides, I'm going to like go off the deep end and do some really stupid stuff. That, that seems to be the scenario because we don't see the back end of everything that's taking place. We only see the highlight reels uh, and we don't see all the backstory. Uh, David teaches us that, that when you sin, you sin not on the day that you sin. It's what takes place before you get to that moment that leads up or, or positions you or postures you for sin. 
And although it may seem like there are people that just wake up and decide to go off the deep end, they were faithful one day and a freak the next, and they were committed one day, and then they were compromised the next day. They were a good spouse one day, and then a deadbeat the next. The truth is, is that somebody doesn't just wake up one day and they were a good friend, and the next day they decide, I'm going to be a full-fledged enemy instead. No, there's this posturing that takes place. And David shows us that where you spend your time positions you for sin. In fact, David says, you can't sit in the company of mockers. What he's basically doing is sitting speaks to the idea of intimacy. You don't normally sit and spend extended amount of time and close fellowship with those that you don't know. The idea of sitting carries with it the idea of prolonged exposure. Daily interaction. And so what happens here is gone is the idea of avoiding the very appearance of evil. This now is this position that we maintain in our life called sitting where now we believe I'm stronger than the, the, the temptation and I can handle the environment and I am beyond influence. So now what I can do is I can sit down and without, without worrying about it or taking notice of it, I, I believe I'm strong enough to endure this, this over and over and over again exposure and it won't bother me at all. And then we wake up six months down the road and we sin and we wonder why. Because what happens is without realizing it, as we sit with Folks, as we sit exposed to things that go against the heart of God, then what happens is is that without even realizing that we're doing it, we embrace influences that we had no intention of embracing. And we, we, we lay our guard down and we, we begin to have tendencies and grab onto ideals and beliefs that once we would have been careful to guard against, but because we've been sitting with them or with that thing, it overtakes us. That's why some of us use language now. That's why some of us now can, go, I'm just going to be honest with you. We, I hear this all the time. We can go to a movie and, and we enjoy it. And we will come out of the movie and I've heard this, I've seen, I've heard this happen. You come out and somebody says, how, how was the movie? There wasn't any cussing in it at all. And then I go pull it up on Plugged In Magazine where they count all the cuss words and there's like 90. But we've said in it so long. See, too many of us now are seated with things and with people that we would have run from prior to this. And David says this, if you sit, then one day you will walk into sin. It's the whole concept, the whole truth of the frog in the kettle. Y'all remember that several years ago? It was the idea that you can put a, a frog in cold water and set him on the stove and just slowly, not all at once, you don't throw him in boiling water, he'll try to jump out. But if you put the frog in lukewarm water and just slowly raise the heat, he will stay in the water until you bull him to death. Slow impact. Slow influence. 
That is what happens when we sit where we should not be sitting. It is a slowly increased heat that kills. It is the long-term influence of what you sit in and sit around and, and, and who you spend and what you spend your time with that reaches forward into your life and adjusts how you walk. So my question to you as we enter 2004 is simply this. Where are you seated? Who are you intimate with? What has your attention? What has gained your trust so that you are now comfortable enough to invest time in that thing or that person? Because what David does is he implores us to be extremely careful with where and who we spend our time with. He understood that the posture of sin always starts with sitting. Some of you need to check your posture this morning and you need to stand up. You've been seated under the influence of a certain person. Some of you have been seated under the influence of a certain addiction. Some of you have been seated long enough under a habit. And now, because you've stayed in that environment so long, thinking that you're stronger than the environment, the environment has impacted you. And you don't even realize it. So... Where you spend your time and who you spend your time with in 2014 will be absolutely crucial to where your walk ends up at the end of 2014. Are y'all with me? Understand what I'm saying? David is right. There is a posture that leads us to sin, and that posture starts with where you sit. Some of you need to break off some friendships. Some of you need to delete some folks out of your Facebook and quit receiving their phone calls. They'll think I'm stuck up tough. I can't sit with you anymore. David goes on and he says there's a second dangerous posture and it's not as intimate as being seated with the wicked. He calls it standing. <laughs> standing is this concept of hanging on at the fringe level. It, it, it's this place where we show interest and, and where we come to this place in our life where we won't sit with them because we recognize that they're having influence over us but, or that thing is having influence over us, but we are unwilling to make a final break and clear all the ties. We just want to stand. It, it's the I will just hang out for a little while stance. It's this idea of I'm here, but I'm not really here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's, I'm close enough to be involved, but distant enough to believe that I can't get trapped. Just hanging out. I'm at the party. Not supposed to be at the party. There's drugs and alcohol there, but I'm not going to get trapped in that. I'm just there. They won't ever get me. You keep telling yourself that and see where it leads. There's a posture that leads to sin. It, it, it's, it's this idea, this one gets me, it's this idea of an alcoholic that's doing better but still wants to hang out at the bar. We're stupid sometimes. I'm just going to tell you all, maybe I'm just talking about me, we're just stupid sometimes. It, it's, it's the idea of uh, the person that had their heart broken but they still call and text. I just want to check on them, make sure they're okay because I just want them to be happy. Oh, they crushed me, but I just want to, you're standing just close enough. Y'all are quiet this morning. It, it, it's that porn addict that refuses to install filters or share passwords. I'm just standing. 
it's Peter by the fire hoping to get warm while he's getting colder. Standing. See, some of you who used to be seated have now taken a stand and you come to this place in your life where you say, I won't believe that lie anymore and I won't be bound by that anymore and I won't be controlled by them anymore, but you continue to stay close and what you refuse to do is make a clean, once and for all, do whatever it takes break so that the influence is completely and totally broken in your life. And what you've got to learn in your spiritual life is this, what you don't kill will kill you. Well, I'm not seated with them anymore. I'm not spending 24 hours a day with them anymore. I'm not hanging out with them every weekend anymore. But once a month, I just, kinda, I just want to check on them, make sure they're okay. I'm not doing this thing anymore. I used to do it every day, but now I'm just doing it like once every two days. You may not be seated, but if you're standing, eventually if you're standing, you will take a seat because there's a posture that leads to sin. Standing is better than being seated. But what David knew was that if you continue to stand in the way of sinners, what will happen, it's inevitable, is that at some moment when your guard is dropped and you become comfortable in your standing position, you will go from being in an upright position, you will take a seat once again with the mockers. It's inevitable. Who are you standing with? Who are you standing near? What are you staying close to while hoping that it won't pull you back in? What or who in your life still captures your attention when you should have already walked away from them completely? David teaches us that your ability to walk uprightly stems from our willingness to quit sitting and standing with those things or those people that posture us for sin. He's trying to make a demand on our life that you make a clean and total and complete break. And yet we want to hang on. And because we hang on, I'm talking to somebody, I don't even know who I'm talking to this morning. Some of you would be closer to being free if you say, well, I'm more free than I was. Well, congratulations. But being a little bit free was never the goal. Jesus didn't say, I came to like set you free, kind of. I came to set you free of everything except that one thing. I'm just, I'm sorry. I didn't quite have enough power. So I got 99% of the things out of your life. But there's 1%, that little hidden pet sin. I'm just not strong enough to deal with that. And since I had to deal with some stuff and some pain, well, here you go. No, Jesus came to set us completely free. To make us completely whole. But. You can't be completely whole if you continue to hang out with the thing that keeps you from. I'm just trying to, trying to help you. Said another way, if you don't quit sitting with and standing near those or that which you which destroys you, then you will ultimately be unable to walk away from that thing. See what David is teaching us is that posture either leads to death and destruction. Or our posture can lead us to victory. That's what he's trying to teach us. He explains, here it is. Here's, if, if you miss everything else I've said all morning long, please catch this and, and, and tie into this. He says, he's trying to teach us that distance is our greatest ally. 
In fact, I want to say to you this morning that our, our goal in 2014, my goal in my personal life, your goal in your personal life should be this. Your goal this year should be distance. Distance. David, why? Because David is clear that proximity leads to posturing. We don't sin at a distance. I've yet to meet one man that has an affair with a lady he's never talked to. Just saying. I've yet to meet one alcoholic that falls off the wagon and goes back to being an alcoholic that stays completely away from alcohol. We don't sin at distance. Proximity leads to sin. So David is trying to teach us, stay away. Walk away. Put distance between you and that thing. Our goal this year must be distance. Our goal this year cannot be much, uh, be how much can I get away with and still be considered upright and holy. I'm going to try this thing. And I hope that I can deal with it and I can still be, oh, I'm just going to try it and hope I can still be upright and holy. No, the, the goal is not to see how close you can get. The goal is to see how far away we can get. And that ought to go over big in a holiness church. I, I don't know. I, I can't seem to get nothing. But uh, it's like we've, we failed to, to, to remember that we were established and birthed out of the concept that we were supposed to be separate and different. So, in other words, our goal cannot be how close can I keep the person who, who repeatedly drags me into drama into my life. My goal cannot be how close can I keep the person who continually drags me into turmoil and breaks my heart and causes me pain. Our goal this year should be to get as much distance between the temptation, as much distance between the anger, as much distance between the stress and the drug and the environment and the people so that we will not stand and sit in an environment that we shouldn't be in. Distance is your ally. We... David says it like this, and I think he's right. We are blessed when we walk away. He says, in other words, he says, we are blessed when we don't walk in the way of sinners. So what he's saying then is that if, if we're not walking in the way of sinners, we must be walking in an upright manner. So if there's a posture that leads to sin, there must be a posture that leads to victory and to, and to overcoming and to our blessing and to being a promise and, and our destiny. And so what he's saying is this, you are blessed when you walk at a great distance from those things or those people or that environment that would cause you to sin. Your posture determines. See, there are too many of us who can't walk away because our posture of standing or sitting keeps us positioned for bondage and pain. Posture leads to position. We want to walk in freedom, but we want to stand and sit with sin. David's trying to say to us, you've got to make up your mind that in this year, you've got to walk as far away from that stuff as you possibly can so that it won't trap you and pull you back in. I don't know what your sin is like, but my sin is like this. It keeps pulling me back in. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you don't have nothing like that. But in my life and in my experience, what I've recognized is that sin doesn't let go easy. And sin has tentacles. And sin, like, 
must have magnets in it because it pulls you back into it if you're not careful. And so the only way to defeat it ultimately is i got to stay away from it long enough that that attraction is broken and that desire is broken and that want to is broken. So i got to keep pushing it away. And as long as I can distance myself and get further and further from, from that sin and that person, then I'll probably be all right and walk into freedom. Oh, it's going to be interesting around here this year. And I'm going to watch some of you in the lobby go. When that person walks in the room, I'm serious. Serious as a heart attack. I'm telling you right now that some of you need to start treating some folks in your life like that. Some of them may be in this church. Because, see, some of you married folks have been lusting after somebody else's spouse because you think they're more attractive than yours because you don't live with them 24 hours a day and you don't know all their faults. And so when they walk in the room, you, you think nobody notices, but what you've been doing is kind of doing this. And what I'm saying David's telling us to do is do this. Some of you need to understand that we've been calling on some of you to make more of a commitment to Christ. And you treat him like this. But everything else on your calendar you treat like this. David knew that your greatest ally is distance in defeating the things that defeat you. So my challenge very precisely for you this morning is that you need to check your posture. And if you're seated with things that are defeating you, you need to stand up. And if you're standing near things that continue to try to pull you back in, then you need to take the next step and you need to start walking and get away from things and put some distance between yourself and the besetting sin of your life. The perfect example in the scripture could perhaps be Joseph. Think about this now. Joseph finds himself in company with a hot, smoking hot chick. And not only is she hot, this is where it gets really cool, she's powerful. She actually has the ability to cover up any indiscretion. I mean, it's the perfect too-good-to-be-true scenario, right? I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt to just, like, stand and look, would it? It, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't be too bad, Joseph, if, I, if you sit down and just, like, talk to her, would it? No, Joseph recognized that there's a posture that leads to sin, and there's a posture that leads to destiny. So when he was presented with that opportunity, the Bible says that he ran for his life. And he distanced himself from her. And it led him to prison. Some of you continue to fail to gain victory because you won't endure the pain necessary to get you to victory. There are steps in this process that will be painful. Anytime you break an addiction, there's pain. Anytime you have to break a relationship, there's pain. But if you could just hang in there long enough and endure the pain while you're distancing yourself, it may feel like you're in prison for a month. It may feel like you're prison, in prison all year long. But if you will maintain your distance at some point, your prison will become the avenue to your palace if you learn the posture. So check your posture this morning. Here's some great advice. Sit up straight. 
Get out of my head, Mom. Stand up straight. Great advice. But let me give you the best advice this morning. Walk away quickly with no hesitation and no look back and create distance between you and what has been defeating you. And your posture will lead you to your promise. That is the best advice I can give you going into 2014. Is if you're sitting with something that's causing you to sin, it's time to get up. And if you're standing next to something that keeps pulling you back in, it's time to break ties and get your walking shoes on. I started to play the song. Some of you need to buy some walking shoes and create some. Some of y'all young folks are like, what song? I don't know. It's not Walk This Way by Aerosmith. There's another. There's one called Walking Shoes. And, and Never mind. I'm older than I look, I, I hope. Um, but my desire for you this year is to see some of you that I've seen sitting in defeat and standing in compromise to walk away into the greatest season of your life. Father, this morning, how thankful I am that you're concerned about us. How thankful I am that you sent your son Jesus to secure for us complete and total freedom. We recognize that there's probably some pain in the journey to that freedom, but that does not diminish the fact that you came so that we could be free. My prayer over my folks today is simply this. My prayer for my family members that come together every week as a family is that as a family and as, in, as individuals that make up this family, God, that those that have been seated in the company of mockers would change their posture. And Father, those that have been standing, standing around, thinking they can't be trapped, but it just seems like they get pulled back into negativity, pulled back into complaining, pulled back into an addiction, pulled back into a relationship. The can't seem to break the ties. God, I, I pray this morning that you would help us to adjust our posture. And God, I pray that what we would see happen this year is we would see people walk and gain distance, gain distance from their the, the pain of their life, gain distance from the sickness of their life, gain distance from the brokenness of their life. And as they walk away and break ties, that they would walk uprightly and they would walk into their promise and walk into their destiny. I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning?
Father, help us to be honest in this moment with you and with ourselves. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I, I don't even want my prayer team looking around. I don't want any leaders looking around. This is just between me and you and the Lord. If you're here this morning, you, you say, Steve, if I was being honest, I would have to recognize that I'm probably seated with some things or with some people I shouldn't be seated with. There's a level of intimacy in my life with them or with that that continues to pull me towards sin. And I desire your agreeing prayer that I'll change my posture this year. If that's you, would you raise your hand and pull it right back down? Nobody's looking around but me. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. If you're hearing you say, Steve, I, I would have to evaluate my posture and say, I'm not seated intimate with what I once was, but I'm still kind of hanging on to the fringe. And I haven't made a complete break. And I haven't walked away completely. And so it's still attractive to me. And it continues to try to pull me back in. I'm standing where I should not be standing. If that's you, would you pull you, just put your hand up and you pull it right back down. I, I, I recognize I'm way too close. Yeah. Yeah. Several hands. My evaluation is, is that by the number of hands raised towards each of those that most of us could raise our hands and say that this year what we desire is distance that we want to walk away completely and totally so would you do this because I know there's power in agreement would you just you don't know who's standing next to you that raised their hand but I will tell you this there's enough of us that raised our hands on those that I would say about 70 to 80 percent of us probably would respond to a call to walk to have power to walk away and so would you just lay your hand on your neighbor right now believing in the power of agreement and connection knowing that there's something about connection that when one person walks into freedom other people often follow and so your freedom may be wrapped up in the person you're touching right now I don't understand how all that works I just know it works and when they make that final break and begin to walk into freedom, it could very well be that you follow them right into your promise and destiny as well. If you don't believe that, go back and read the story of Joseph. He just didn't get free. An entire nation was blessed because of it. And so, Father, this morning, I pray for the individual that I am agreeing with right now. And I don't know what their situation is or what it is that that pulls on them they may have some of the hardest decisions they've ever made in their life there may be relationships in their life that need to be broken once and for all God I recognize there's pain in that and so I pray for them right now and I ask you to give them the strength to walk away God there may be somebody I'm touching right now that is bound by an addiction or a habit that is extremely difficult for them to break and they've tried in times past They've legitimately tried to give this thing up in the past and they've failed over and over again. And now they're almost afraid to even attempt it again. And so I pray for them right now that you would enable them to, to have the strength and the power to take the first step away. 
And then as they're walking away and they feel drawn back, I pray that you would position people like me in their life to encourage them in gaining distance. And God, I'm believing that at this very moment as we pray, although it will be a series of steps and days and hard decisions, I pray that you would break the power of tobacco, break the power of alcohol, break the power of drugs, break the power of relationships, break the power of manipulation, break the power of of negativity, break the power of criticism in their life so that they can gain distance and walk into their freedom because I recognize for the person that I'm praying for that if they become free totally free then chances are there are other people that will be influenced to freedom as well so that now when they see them being free and they ask how did you do this they will in turn be able to turn and explain that through the power of Jesus Christ and my decisions to distance myself I gained freedom they will usher others into freedom pray that you would accomplish this in our life and God I pray over this body that you would allow us this year to gain distance on anything that is causing us to be postured for defeat from the corporate level all the way from my life all the way down to every life impacted and influenced by this ministry. God, I pray that you would allow us to posture ourselves for freedom and victory rather than posturing ourselves for sin. Help us to walk through this year in an upright, holy manner, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I want you to tell your... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.